Welcome to Subject to Blackout. Today is a double stuff episode of the Furiously Fast Film Fest. Me and Mike were off last week. I was out of town. And so we are playing a little bit of catch up. We are doing the Fast 5, 6, 7, and 8 all together today. Might be an extra long pod. Might not be because these films kind of run together, in my opinion. Not that there aren't things that I enjoyed. But uh, Mike... I got to say, uh, I didn't love all of these films. They Mm. all had they all had parts that were definitely enjoyable. uh, And those are usually when shit was blowing up. But can I just say that the best thing that ever happened to this film franchise might be the addition of Dwayne The Rock Johnson? I, I mean, I, I like him. I think he's he's charming. He's he's charming. He's wholesome. Every time he's in a movie, he's wholesome. Did you notice that his like I, I feel like this disappeared as his his presence went on in the series, but like when he was introduced, was it in five or was it in six? It was in care. five. In five, he is the uh diplomatic security service agent trying to shut them down in Brazil. Yeah. So did you notice that he kind of was like putting on this accent that like wasn't quite a southern accent, but like it wasn't quite a midwestern accent, but he was like trying to be square. <laughs> you notice yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, a little like, bit. Like yeah. we got to catch these car thieves. And again, I'm not the only person. <laughs> I I I'm definitely lifting this from other people, but all he does is speak in action hero lines. He does. <laughs> like he's gone rogue. He's gone rogue. <laughs> Every single like, one is that of a his- thing? <laughs> I'm going to whip his candy ass. It's like is this yeah. a wrestling promo? Like he's the perfect character for that cuz he used to cut wrestling promos and was one of the best, but Boy, I mean, when you have Dom who t- like treats, you know, uh, uh, Vin Diesel treats this like it's his Shakespeare because that's about as good as it can get for him. But The Rock knows what movie he's in. The Rock is sweating in every scene. <laughs> like, yeah. He's he's like oiled up and, and tanned and and everything he's doing is in the tightest shirt possible. Like he knows what he's he's there for. He's there for some co- comedic relief and to. Like literally, be Superman. There's there is a scene <clears throat> in the Fate of the Furious. Like you're right about about the T-shirt. There's a scene in the Fate of the Furious where, like, in in one in the beginning of the scene, he's in like a prison jumpsuit, and there's like a whole prison brawl, and like seconds later, he's in a black T-shirt. Like they just <laughs> brought one for him. Oh, I swear. <laughs> Here you I, go. <laughs> I've only seen Fate once, and I just finished watching it, but. I swear to God, that scene that you're talking about, he goes into the prison with a black T-shirt on underneath his orange jumpsuit with sleeves. The next scene, the sleeves are just cut off so you can see the black T-shirt. And then the next scene, it's just black T-shirt. Yeah. (laughs) They were just shedding clothes. Like, no, there's too much on his biceps. Less. Less. (laughs) Uh, And I'm here for it because it was ridiculous. I mean, like, meanwhile, in nine, the other thing that I loved, and by by love, I mean, like, resented, but was that, like, they're like, Charlize Theron was, like, just going to be in there, and, like, at no point was Dom like, weren't you in the Italian job? And then she wasn't like, hmm, what? Like, (laughs) no, like, the other movie that was basically this movie. The Italian "Hmm, what? what? Uh -uh. (laughs) What? I don't, I don't even, who's Ed Norton? (laughs) (laughs) Like, Luke Owens and Six and... Was it also seven? Was basically Edward Norton in the Italian job? Uh, or Luke? Yeah, 
The other Shaw guy. The, the one he, that wasn't Jason Statham. Yeah, the non-Jason Statham Shaw. Yeah. That uh, was confusing for me. Do you know what? Like, watching all these movies was like like me watching Primer, where like I had like diagrams and stuff to try and keep track of like all the melodrama. Well, and then Han goes back to Tokyo, and that's when he dies. He goes back. Yeah, that was, that was bogus. Okay, and uh, he can come back. I mean, they brought they've brought back it, other people. He's in the poster but, for F nine, so yeah, he? he's back. <laughs> <laughs> that's great that you didn't know that. That, 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 yeah, he's back because uh, Justin Lin is directing F9 and he's like, no, that's my guy. He's back. <laughs> Letty's back. He's back. Like, fuck you guys. <laughs> he didn't die. He just went to his home planet for a little while. Yeah, it's dude. I, I, I love how they, they handle this series where I mean, this I'm, we can talk about this more seriously. I've reflected on why I resent this series, but <laughs> that's what you I, and I, I figured it out. I figured it out. But uh, yeah, that whole like. Oh, audiences are mad that we like killed this character. Like, no problem. Yeah, and then they just can't bring back Paul Walker because he's really dead. So fast, fast five through eight, which is what we're talking about today, could also be the uh, Rock, you know, Fast and the Furious series because it it introduces him as an antagonist of sorts. Creates a turns him into a, a sympathetic character, yeah. then adds him to the team, and then basically makes him one of the biggest players on the team. Yeah. Um, so throughout these four films, he he becomes probably the second lead in them. Maybe Letty is the second lead in these movies, but yeah, I mean, with Paul Walker's death, uh, like he basically has taken over second billing, either next to or just below Vin Diesel. Which is fine with me because honestly, like he made these movies better. Yeah, because I think it was in seven where they were. I mean, it was like a complete. It was like the the laziest way to involve Paul Walker was to be like, oh yeah, he can't come. <laughs> yeah, he's got like that baby way- and stuff, and they're like, oh, okay. Yeah, that was that was eight. That was eight. And it, but that was eight. Eight, was, like, eight was oh, the first God. one where he was thank dead God he's the not entire coming. time because because seven. Seven, you could see the scenes where they CGI replaced some, I, I believe, yes. actually his brother's Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he, like, there's one scene where they're on a beach in Abu Dhabi in Seven. And, uh, like, everyone is, like, getting up and walking around in this, like, cabana thing. And Paul Walker is just sitting there not moving. And his head is clearly, like, there's something CGI about it. And then they cut to a wide shot, and there's just a pillar where Paul Walker is sitting so that they don't have to do that. And I was like, guys, come on. Like, just let him die. You know, like, uh, the, uh, the Rise of Skywalker, that was the last sequel trilogy guy, right? That was where they could have kind of, like, tastefully just let that character also die. But they were like, nah, let's cram in some footage and just make it confusing. Yeah, I mean... In an ideal world, I mean, that whole trilogy is so fucked up. Um, and I actually like the first two movies. I, you know, I don't think the second movie is perfect. A lot of people hate that movie. I actually really enjoy I hate the uh, Canto Bite a lot scene. of it. Yeah, yeah. Canto Bite is, is sort of... It's pod racing. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's better than pod racing, but... Uh, I like I like the philosophy of, like, the war machine. They just needed... That was tight. Yeah, they they just needed something to happen in that storyline that mattered. 
and they like kind of gave one of the characters a redemption arc in it by like letting him beat up Phasma or whatever. But yeah, without going too deep into Star Wars, yeah, I just I didn't I didn't love the Canto Bite stuff. Yeah, and Phasma would have been so sick to develop, but of course we just like Boba Fetted Phasma. But anyway, back to the Fast other self indulgent <laughs> and like extremely focus group tested franchise. Well, and Fast and Mike, this this podcast hopefully will drop uh, Friday night or Saturday morning. Sure, uh, but right now it is Thursday night, and as we speak. The first general audiences are going to see F nine losers. So, so yeah. happy, happy Fast and the Furious Day to you. Uh, yeah, enjoy it, nerds. So now Man, that we, people people are going to be out driving like idiots tonight. Yeah, that is they're going to be true. they're going to be Paul Walker in Ooh. all over the place. Don't Paul Walker, Walker, folks. Rest in power. Uh, Paul Walker was a passenger. So, oh, was he? Oh yeah. Who was driving? The other guy who died. The other guy? Who was the other guy? And whoever was driving. <laughs> I, I don't Walker. know. Death. Oh, also the uh, a couple more just general comments. His before. financial advisor. Ooh. Here's some advice. Don't let your financial advisor drive. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Yikes. Yeah. Okay, I don't, I don't know if this is the time to bring this up or not, <clears throat> because here here's what I think happened, both in 5 through 8 and also to us, watching 5 through 8. Are you okay. still there? Are you with me on this? Yes. Do you remember that one time we watched all those John Wick movies, and we were like completely desensitized to violence, like cool. halfway through yes. the second one, and then we watched the third one, and people were just getting shot in the face, and we were like, I feel nothing. I feel like completely desensitized, like John Wick style. Yeah, like things uh, happening. People are planning heists, and like, I'm so desensitized to it because we slammed like a ton of like really shoddy heist movies in a very short period of time. Yeah, and I mean, you uh, you probably crammed these four films a little bit closer to each other than I did because yeah. I actually watched Fast Five a couple weeks ago, and then a few days later, I watched Fast Six. But I just watched seven and eight back to back, and uh. seven took me about. Four three and a half hours to watch because I just kept finding myself on my phone. Right, yeah. And then uh, Fate, in order to get to the pod today, I just, like, I was doing things like, oh, this is going to be uh, like a chase scene in a car. I've seen this. I, I can go, like, set up my laptop for the podcast. That's what I was doing, yeah. I would just, yeah. like, like go to the bathroom. I'm like, oh, like, Paul Walker's talking about, like, dads. I can... I can peace out on this. Yeah, there is or, there is definitely a little bit of fatigue, but you, you're not like, in theory supposed to watch these, you know, in consecutive days. These are released yeah. years apart, so or you like, know you build up anticipation. Yeah, yeah. You, you build up a little bit of anticipation. Maybe <clears> it's not so tiring, but yeah, I uh, I was definitely getting uh, fast out by the end. So yeah, I mean, this is this is what I wrote actually. I'm not sure if this is the time to bring it up, but it feels right. So um, because and I, I literally wrote this part to begin with uh, that I go back and forth between resenting you for doing this to us <laughs> <laughs> and believing that this was a productive exercise in like reflecting on the nature of 
like action and entertainment in cinema. I go back and forth. So yeah. like even within the span of five minutes, like I think this was like, uh, you know, a productive mortification. And I also hate you. Um, <laughs> because so before I get into it, what I, I want to clarify uh, that we have, I think, culturally, like at least in Western culture, a tendency to treat like cultural production and consumption as like aspirational that like you yeah you could be like watching a movie but you should be reading a book like yeah you could yeah. be watching an action movie but you should be watching more something more cerebral and so we kind of like create these like unnecessary pressures and dichotomies around what we like sort of decide to be lower class as these sort of much more visceral and sensory media experiences which is the fast and the furious versus these much more kind of like cerebral you know, types of like higher class film experiences. Yeah. And I think that dichotomy and criticizing Fast and Furious for being visceral and and being just kind of a sensory experience is horseshit. So I don't think there's any reason to criticize the Fast and Furious for being entertaining in the style that it is. That's fine. Yeah, um, I don't. But uh, to further that point, I I agree with you wholly. Yes. But that doesn't mean, and I think you would agree with this, that doesn't mean that they are free of criticism for not being uh, more, you know, whether it be internally uh, consistent or thematically, you know, well thought out. Like it doesn't yes. it doesn't extinguish them from all criticism of like being dumb. Right. Uh, but you're never going to have a version of these movies that isn't somewhat dumb. Like, they have to be. Right. And so, <clears throat> I mean, you're right that there there are definitely sort of, like, character consistency things for us to talk about. Even, like, accents that aren't consistent across the entire series uh, that, that we should talk about. And sort of, like, technical deficiencies. And also just sort of, like, script and narrative deficiencies. But the thing is, like, generally, I like really stupid stuff. Yeah. And I was trying to understand if there was, a like, why... So so the, the director that I was comparing, like, Justin Lin to was Russ Meyer. So why do I like Russ Meyer movies... Like Faster Pussycat Kill Kill, which is also about cars from like 1969, right? And I I nice. don't like this. And like my first question for Michael was like, is it because I'm a dick? And I'm not. I'm great. So it's not because I'm a dick. <laughs> it might I mean, it might not be the reason why you don't like these, but it's hard it's hard to argue that you're not a dick. So, well, so so where I went with the Russ Meyer thing is that, like, I think the Fast and Furious franchise sits firmly in this tradition of exploitation films, right? Yeah. And I, I think when we talk about exploitation, we're not talking about, like, the, like, characters are sort of, like, marginalized and in chains and not paid very well. Everyone's paid extremely well. We're talking about exploitation that, like, the entire production company and everybody involved knows if they just sort of, like, throw in some token things, a certain type of demographic is going to go and throw a bunch of money at it. Yeah. You know, like a teen exploitation, like all those monster movies in the fifties and sixties were teen exploitation, right? You knew teenagers were going to go to drive in. They were going to like, you know, 
uh, watch a scary movie, have their girlfriend each other cling up. on to them. Yeah. Yeah. That was the point. The point wasn't like excellent cinema. And like, that's the point of the Fast and Furious movies. They're in, part of that tradition. Um, so one of the criticisms I had, or I thought I had actually, was, yeah, but the thing that makes all those classic exploitation movies charming was the, the things that they did with low budgets, whereas Fast and Furious has a gigantic budget. And I actually did some research, and it turns out that those Russ Meyer movies um, were probably utilizing 10 times the budget of other types of movies of their day. They were also shooting on location and they're doing rehearsals, which a lot of other movies weren't actually doing. Mm -hmm. So those like Russ Meyer movies that we think of as being like kind of like counterculture that we think of as being low budget probably occupied a similar place in terms of budgets and in terms of like exploitation as Fast and Furious. So uh, I like the tradition that the Fast and Furious sits in. The thing that I hate is the melodrama. And I hate the melodrama. And this is, I figured it out. I figured out why. See, when you watch these movies back to back, you have a lot of time to sit and think about why you're watching these movies back to back. And that is what I did. (laughs) Because when you watch these movies and you have these scenes with melodrama, it's an exploitation movie, which means that these scenes are crafted it, with a particular assumption that they will resonate with you, the audience. So when I see like Dom and fucking Paul Walker, Brian, Brian <laughs> talking about like dads and it's the most inane scene, I feel insulted and resentful of the sensibility that that would resonate with me. So that's why I don't like these movies. Yeah, and that's fair enough. And with their audience, I mean, in that movie, that's, uh, you know, 2015, you know, ish. People who've been watching these movies have been following them for, you know, nearly a decade and a half at that point. And so I think they're targeting an audience who grew up with them as teenagers and are now hitting that point in their life where they're settling down and having kids. Um And so that is definitely, I think, what they're going for with scenes like that is like trying to assume your core audience has stuck with you um, and and play to that. I just I mean, sort of like you, I just think they play to it very exploitation, very heavily handed and like very, very lacking in nuance. Yeah. Like, I'm surprised that after five characters just didn't turn to the audience and explain how they feel. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? This will come up as we keep talking. But one other thing that I want to point out is that like I, there are absolutely film franchises that I do very much enjoy. Right. Mm -hmm. I I love Marvel. I uh, have very complicated feelings about star Wars, but appreciate some aspects of uh, not driving that that franchise into the ground, yeah, right. Uh, so I I can dig the franchises, but it it's interesting, I guess, that these are sort of the dominant mode of film production that like we're entering in, or we've been immersed in this particular era of exploitation films, 
where these things are tested and understood to make a certain amount of money with certain demographics. So they keep replicating the formula, knowing it's going to, they can cash in. Um, so it's, it's just interesting to, I guess, to contextualize that in sort of like a larger, like economic narrative of film. Um, so it's not as if like, I'm too good for it. Like I absolutely will throw money at Disney. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am. Well, and that's, that's one of the things that I wanted to do this, uh, for was because, you know, the more I watched these films, the more I realized that I had seen like two scenes from one of them or one scene from another. And, you know, that's cultural osmosis, but it's also like some of my friends really enjoy these movies. Um, yeah. And I was never interested in seeing any of these movies. Right. Um, which to me, especially in hindsight, is a little surprising. I mean, there was a time period where Johnny Depp could throw out any fucking thing and I'd go see it. Um, and now I don't give a Johnny. shit about Johnny Depp. And that's probably for the best. Um, but, you know, any Marvel movie I'll go see. Uh, and, you know, I don't I don't have to see them all in theater, but like the mainline ones. Absolutely. Um Star Wars, I loved that shit growing up. That was my jam. So, um, you know, I've always been there opening night, opening weekend for those, uh, the mainline films. You know, it's it's this film franchise where I'm just like, why? Why was I never interested? And I think along the lines with what you just articulated is that it always felt like I was not the audience and watching this, it still feels like some of these films go like, Hey, let's try to grab more audience. I think fast five, uh, the one where they go to Brazil, we'll, we'll break these down a little bit more, uh, uh, film by film in, in a minute here. But I think, I think that one in is probably the one that I thought was the best out of these four today. Um, because it felt like it was, you know, an action heist movie. Like they were like, okay, let's do Fast and the Furious Oceans 11. And cool, let's let's do that. And that that's one thing that I do appreciate about these films is. For the most part, and these four kind of start to break with this, but for the most part, the first several films felt like different types of films. So obviously one was point break, uh, you know, uh, two felt like bad boys or or something. Yep. Okay. I'm with you there. Uh, three is obviously what I refer to as a sports film, um, where they, you know, Tokyo drift, they have to practice and get better. And and then he beats the rival guy from his high school. Yeah, you're right. I, I and I, I I dug that assessment. Yeah. And then four <clears throat> uh is bad, so we can skip that one. Uh but right. then five goes, Hey, let's do an oceans movie. Like these people need to they seem like they're the bad guys, but they're actually robbing the bad guy and it's gonna be a heist and there's gonna be twists and turns. Uh no car pun intended. And then <laughs> <laughs> they drive straight, they drive straight lines. <laughs> Uh, 
<laughs> yeah, so it's like they they found another way to do it. The the most recent one, Fate, was like a spy James Bond movie, which was weird. Like, but six, I don't really know how to categorize that one. With that's the one with the original Shaw, the less interesting Shaw. Uh, and and then like you kind of have a revenge movie with the second Shaw, yes, uh, which has two bad guys in it for no reason. Like, why right. is there a second bad guy? This is so confusing. This movie does not need I to be two thirty. <laughs> like, we could we could cut this down Dude, to that. Made me so angry. Oh, that, yeah, that movie was so fucking long. But we'll get to that. But yeah, so like I appreciate that. While yes, it is exploitation, and, and yes, there are things that they do ham fisted some of these directors are coming in with fresh ideas and maybe not maybe calling them fresh ideas is, is unfair but they're coming in with fresh movie concepts to spice up this series and i don't know how much more you can do of that with budgets just keep getting bigger i would right. honestly you give this to some really fun creative director and you put a couple of actually good writers on this thing and you trim the budget from 200 million to 100 million or 75 million and just make it about the cars again and like i think reboot it. i think you not not even reboot just like soft reboot all the same characters but just like hey you know there's a rumor fast 9 goes to space we'll see this weekend when we go see fast 9 in theaters however oh god i want that so bad i'm pretty sure but i also don't i know i know like I want it, but if it if it happened, I'd be like, I didn't need this. Well, then you know, yeah. like a Cadbury egg. Yeah, like, like where where do egg. you go from space? Like the only thing is a crossover movie Center with Marvel. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, so you know, <sighs> I I'm f- wouldn't that be wouldn't that be awesome? Hang on a second. Like I I'm just like imagining wouldn't that have been awesome if like Infinity War, like, uh. On your left and just a Dom Toretto car. (laughs) (laughs) Zoom. Yeah, I would have been fucking dope. Or like, or or uh, when everybody like shows up to face Thanos, Thanos's army, and then uh, Doctor Strange starts opening up all those portals, but like cars just start flying through. Yeah. Oh, and and then and then uh, right right before that happens, Thanos just looks at Captain America, who's bleeding, and his mask is partially broken and ripped off, and he just goes your friends aren't going to be able to save you. And then you just hear Dom Toretto off screen. (laughs) He doesn't have friends. He's got family. family. And then just car after car. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we're writing a better movie than, than fast 10 will ever be. But yeah, I mean, that's the only place for these movies to go. If you keep increasing the budgets is at some point like this has to cross over with Shaw, with Shaw, with uh, Jaws and like Jaws is driving a car like there's no way there's nowhere to go. If you've been to space, if you've had if you've had the rock push a fucking uh, missile into another car. Like, there's nowhere for this to go. The Rock is literally stronger than Superman. <laughs> like, yeah, and and then like I said, like yeah, Vin Diesel is like this Mary Sue, where for for literally no reason, everyone is like deeply drawn to him in like a Stockholm syndrome kind of way, where it's not even just sort of like I like that guy. It's like I will carry your cause. <laughs> yeah, it- like I will. 
I will fight your revolution. Yeah. You know what would be a good fast hand is he turns out to be a cult leader. That'd be sick. Or um He's like, hey everybody, I bought Nikes. For all yeah. of us. There's this there's this comment coming. How you guys feel about Kool-Aid? <laughs> like uh you don't talk about your dad a lot, <laughs> Dom. You can have any beer you want as long as it's Kool-Aid. <laughs> You don't talk about your dad a lot, Dom. Why is that? Well, his name was Jim, and his last name was Jones. <laughs> You're like, Ooh. uh, what? <laughs> oh, uh. <laughs> is that how you have the uh, access to South America that you have? He's like, don't worry yeah. about it. <laughs> you know, another thing I was thinking about because I, I also not not recently, but I just remember this this movie just being aggressively bad, and so it sticks out in my mind. Uh, Six Underground, which was a Netflix movie. Yeah. That was, it was a Michael Bay. Did you watch it? No. Let me describe it to you. And this, I am not only describing what the movie looks like, I'm also explaining, enjoy the layers of this review. It's like if Michael Bay made a Fast and Furious movie. I've, it is a Michael Bay movie about cars, I've, but it, yeah. it watches like, Michael Bay made a Fast and Furious movie. And from what I've heard, uh, Ryan Reynolds plays Deadpool in it. He kind of does. He sort of plays like a stupid kind of like mix between Deadpool and Batman. Yeah. He, but like pointless. Like and, uh, it, it, and I've also heard that it's just like, what if Fast and the Furious, what if none of the characters cared about anyone and everyone was brutally murdered? <laughs> yeah. Oh god, man! I wish more people died. I wish Ryan Reynolds died in that movie, but they like kept him around so they could do another one. Uh, I mean, it, it has the same kind of like emotionally stunted sensibility where people just sort of like brood and like somebody who wrote the movie equates like brooding to character complexity when it's like not. Yeah, I mean that's 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 like the entire pillar that the melodrama of Fast Five through Eight exists on. Like, if people just kind of brood about stuff, like they're complicated, right? Like, no, they're not complicated. Uh, but, but the, they do the same thing. I can't remember if this was five or six where they do the, like, we need to assemble a crew. Mm-hmm. It could have happened more than once. I can't remember if this happened more than once. Um, one of the things that's lacking in the fast and furious, but appears in every other, we need to assemble a crew in a heist movie is like that guy who does parkour. <laughs> like we need, like, we need like lockpick guy. We need guy with South London accent who can do parkour. We need demolitions guy like where was the parkour guy in fast and furious i mean they're all parkour guys once they get behind the wheel Ooh, they're car core. That's not how parkour works <laughs> they're car core uh yeah i mean one of the other things is is like the characters that they bring in who i i you know i don't know if they just like know like hey this is a big name actor or this is a good juicy part. So we're just going to keep this character around for the next few films until we kill yeah. them. But then they'll be back two films later because they'll be fine. Um, it just feels like focus group testing, especially when they introduce new people and kind of vibe them out. Yeah. But yeah. And like they do Elena real dirty in these films. So five, they set up like this emotional arc where her I, I don't even re- like I couldn't figure it out during the film, whether it was her brother or her husband or her dad was also a cop and got murdered. I don't remember. Like, 
Even during the film, Which, I think she was like, my brother died to be a cop. And then later she's like, I loved my father. <laughs> like, wait, wait, right. what? <laughs> Which which one was it? They weren't the same person, right? Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. no. Okay, hang on. I I I never bothered learning anybody's names. Elena's which the one, Brazilian cop. Yeah, and she she even was like, "I'll die for you, Dom." And then he's like, "Listen, it turns out my girlfriend who died is alive again." And she's like, "I'll still die for you. <laughs> I'll have your baby I'll, and then give it to I you, will and then secrets. die to get out of the way." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was. Like, let me. I will fix up this plot line for you. Yeah, they do. They do Elena real dirty. They're like, "Hey, we're gonna make you his love interest," and then they're like, "Actually, people can't really understand you, so we're gonna bring that other girl back." Uh, and yeah. then you need to leave. But also, we want Dom to have a baby, but he's only been hanging out with his girlfriend for like two months. So now you have a baby, and then you get shot in the head. Um, but I'm sure she'll be back. Because everyone comes back. No one's ever really gone. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody dies off screen except for Paul Walker. (laughs) Yikes. (laughs) Bazinga. Oh. (laughs) All right. So I keep promising that we'll do film by film breakdown. But the dude from Tokyo Drift who we could not stand, whatever the fuck his name was, uh, does actually make a return in seven. Yep. And I did not know that was genuinely surprised. And then I remembered that that 45 year old man was supposed to be in high school because Han just died. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And I was like, oh, that's cool that they brought him back. And then I was like, wait, why are they talking about Han? Oh, right. He's a high schooler. He's 54 in this scene. (laughs) Yeah. They don't even care. Your your age thing, like in the first one, I didn't I didn't really rub up against it. But yeah, when you bring him back ten years later, twelve years later, yeah, he doesn't look like he's in high school anymore, bub. Yeah, like that dude's a cop. You know, like okay, like maybe he's the only Paul person wasn't who a cop. wasn't a that cop. dude's a cop. Oh, and can we talk about the discount Paul Walker? I just have a note from Fate of the Furious, uh, you know, Mister oh, Nobody Junior yeah. or whatever. I was like, uh. Yeah. Discount Paul Walker is discount. Like you couldn't even get like a, a a named actor, just like anyone who's like, oh yeah, they're adding him to the series and make him the new Paul Walker. Instead, you just like I don't think that character ever got a name. I don't know who that actor is. I don't remember anything that he did or said other than like he was kind of an asshole at times, and then he wasn't at the end because everybody falls in love with Dom and the gang. But yeah. yeah terrible casting not as bad as the guy from tokyo drift but terrible casting that guy needs to never be in one of these films again he was utterly forgettable and i'm like it made me mad how much they were like well we need a white guy in this and then they got that white guy i was like this this is what people are talking about when when they say like you know white privilege that you're white privilege. Why couldn't that's they what his Kurt name Russell was cooler. in the film was white privilege. <laughs> uh, like they could have made like Kurt Russell like old and rad. They could have made him like Snake Plissken. You know, yeah. they could just have him show up in an eye patch. Do you think he would want to? Don't do call that? me Snake. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, yeah, he wouldn't have call done me Mister I mean, Snake. I mean, nobody. Have you noticed that though? Like, man. Kurt Russell's been getting a lot of work lately. Didn't you feel like he disappeared for a while? 
Uh, I yeah. mean, there was a long I, I like I don't go deep on Kurt Russell, but uh, there was a long time where I he do. wasn't in all of the major blockbuster films. But those were not these days because he got paid in a Marvel film and then he's been doing these and he was Santa Claus yeah. on Netflix um, twice. Two times. I watched both Christmas Chronicles. There's as many. I, Christmas I recommend chron- them. There's as many Christmas Chronicles. As there are Michael Bay films in the Criterion Collection. (laughs) (laughs) Think about that. Think about that. (laughs) I don't know what that means, but you fucking think about that, listener. (laughs) You turn off this pod right now. You don't come back to it unless you've thought about that for an hour. That's your homework. Uh, Yeah, he's having a moment. You're right. All right. I think that's as good a place as any to take a quick little break here. Uh, I'm going to refresh my drink. I don't know about you. And we'll get back. I should and... be drinking more. I'm going to I'm going to drink faster is what I'm going to do. Hey, we, just, we know you need to I'm drink. That's pound this drink. I'm, I'm oh, we need to drink. We need to drink for, for this minute. Uh, and then when we come back, we'll. Uh, talk a little bit more about specific stuff from five, six, seven, and eight, and then maybe we'll finish with a little talk about what we're planning on doing for Fast Nine, and then we'll do a little wrap up and see if we've been watching anything else, which I know we have. I don't remember a time in my life where I wasn't only watching Fast and Furious movies. And Mike, that mm. that that time is going to come, and it's called July. We'll be right back. Here's what's coming up on Subject to Blackout. Folks, life's simple. You make choices and you don't look back. And that's why Mike and I are doing the Fiercely Fast Film Fest. All throughout June, Subject to Blackout is being taken over by Dom, Han, Letty, and the gang as we binge all the Fast and the Furious movies in anticipation of the release of Fast 9 in theaters and on HBO Max on the 25th of June. Mike and I are going to be seeing most of these films for the first time, so we're going to do what we do best. We improvise, all right? Listen, Mike and I don't have friends. We got fans. And they're not that interested in us either. So we're deep diving a much beloved but very missed by us film franchise. All you know by now that I live my life in podcast at a time. And I know it don't matter if you pod for a minute or an hour. Pod is pod. So join us, won't you, as we watch two movies every week in June as we try to close the gap before Fast 9 crosses the finish line. All right, Mike. Uh, now that we're back, let's let's start talking about these films a little individually, if, if we can recall the differences. Uh, the first film that we watched for <laughs> I'll this, try, yeah, yeah, sure. the first film that we watched for this one was the Brazilian Jaunt by our friends Dominic and uh, uh, Brian O'Connor. Brian, and uh, yeah, we start off uh, with everyone on a prison bus being murdered. Uh, as they try to flip it to escape Dom, there's no way that Dom lives through that because that bus flips like 18 times and explodes. And like yeah, he's Dom fine. walks out he's and he's like, oh, um, oh, cool. <laughs> uh, and then I, I don't know if if you are, are a viewer of Parks and Recreation. But I am. Purd Happily then makes an appearance. He does. Yeah, it is Purd Happily. I it, know. God. I was like, you you got Purd Happily to play an anchor person, and you didn't expect me to believe that it was Purd Happily? Right. I know. I was like, what's the word, Purd? <laughs> like, that's that. I mean, the only way you hire that guy is because you're like, this is, this is funny to me. 
(laughs) (laughs) This film for me works on the level that as quickly as it can in in an hour and 10 minute movie or two hour and 10 minute movie. Sorry. Pretty much as quickly as it can. It sets up that this is going to be, like I said, an Ocean's Eleven movie where the ultimate bad guy is worse than our bad guys. And they're going to do bad guy things to get back at the bad guy, the the real bad guy. Yeah. And even to the point of like the guy chasing them eventually has begrudging respect for them and lets them. That happens a lot in the series. Begrudging respect by the guys who are trying to capture him. Yeah. 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 That's that's it because it's about respect and it's about family, about having a code. Well, again, like <clears throat> it seems like you can just like commit crimes and then just like go to other countries. Uh, there's a big thing about a lack of extradition in, I believe, five where they're just like, yeah. you know what? So and so and so and so and so and so have in common. I was like, yeah, you keep listing places with no extradition like this isn't hard. Like the third time you've listed a bunch of places like, yeah, I know what you're going for. No extradition. We get it. Move on. But it's not as if like you get to the border of Brazil and they're like, why are you coming to Brazil? And you're like, I'm evading the law. And they're like, well, welcome to Brazil. Welcome, brother. (laughs) Oh, like that's actually our second biggest tourism industry behind. Right. Like they don't they don't let you in if you're like doing that stuff. I'm just saying. Like it just seems like these dudes would kind of like someone would run their passport and be like, ping. Like, yeah, no, you can't come into the country. But it's like, but you don't have extradition. And like, yeah, that's why we're not letting you in. Because right. we don't want to have an argument with the US about you exactly. being a criminal. Yeah, and then just like various types of law enforcement that just sort of <laughs> continue to come up just seem to be able to work like extra nationally well i mean kind of rad that's kind of like deputize anybody that's kind of how the u.s works now not the deputizing the just like hey we're the world police (laughs) yeah we kind of we kind of do that remember when we just went into a sovereign country to kill bin laden we yeah i mean we do that (laughs) yeah but they were all wearing like the same clothes at least it wasn't just sort of like we need to assemble a team like oh and then like dude i would watch a fast and furious retelling (laughs) of of killing the killing of bin laden where they just crash a car into a building and and a car shoots out of the helicopter right into a building you could escape the last administration but you couldn't (laughs) escape american muscle (laughs) boom bang bang (laughs) um i'm yeah go ahead this this actually brings up a point that you were talking about where it's like pandering at the lowest level and just like dumb and insulting is like this movie has my attention this movie i want to like this movie and then it does things like give uh mia the most obvious she's pregnant scene of all time Oh God, I love that scene. She's just Wait, like, oh man, what? Let me help you put your kid to bed, and then and then she's just immediately like, bra, and then the woman just walks in and just goes, "Does he know?" <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
Like, yeah. And then she just kind of blurts it out at like a really random time. Yeah. Where Dom's like, let's split up. And she was like, no, I'm pregnant. And it's like, you guys, we just like walked out of a sewer. And spoiler alert for future movies, she's really bad at telling her husband that she's pregnant. She's like, I didn't know when to tell you, but we're having a baby girl. You already know the sex? How pregnant yeah, wow. are you? How did I not notice? <laughs> yeah. I mean, the the thing the thing about this movie too is that they're switching into a like a heist format, but apparently everybody that we've seen in the first four movies just had all of these like latent heist skills, yeah, that they weren't really using, that they could have been using this entire time, yeah. So like apparently, Ludacris or what's his just like, uh. He just kind of like has a broad knowledge about like military weapons and yeah. surveillance systems. I mean, they made and him like the... Mia apparently runs comms, which is something. Yeah, and they, uh, they make when Ludacris first shows up, like he's the tech guy and like the car yeah. tech guy and like whatever. Sure, but yeah, you're right. He has like a broad knowledge of like military gear for seemingly no reason. Like, if yeah. you want to make him, like, the car tech guy because you killed off the uh, the guy with ADD because that was the worst character in these films, maybe. Oh, God, yeah. Um, Sure, like, go for it. But, yeah, he's a little... I mean, they all become superheroes by the end of this. Like, they all have their powers. They do, yeah. And, uh, I mean, I can't remember if this is five or not, but, I mean, the series introduces tanks and then just sort of like can't get over tanks and like for some reason everybody seems to like the the series seems to imply that driving a tank and like driving like a hot rodded honda civic are the, is same, the thing. same thing they're not and they're not very much not they're not yeah uh also i i love that these films have gotten so far away from point break with cars that at one yes. point they're like hey we need to go get some cars. Let's go race <laughs> for some cars so we can get new ones. And then they just come back with the cars without showing the race scene. They're like, right. you know they won. Got You've seen this. <laughs> like, we don't need to do this. movie is going to be two hours and ten minutes. You don't need to see this. Um, which I appreciated because <laughs> I was like, I don't want to watch them hit the Nas button after doing, you know, a quarter mile. Like, I'm good. And they didn't. They didn't make you sit through that. So I liked that. However, they still do a scene where they go to one of those like street race festival things. Oh, yeah. And later on, they bring back Race Wars in seven. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dude, love me some Race Wars. <laughs> which race? Yeah. <laughs> which race were you rooting for? <laughs> I was rooting for the Vietnamese, personally. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, man. Whites rule. <laughs> I'm just that is the clip that I'm taking out of the pod for all social media. <laughs> just like, hey, everyone. Hashtag name taken pod. Hashtag whites rule. Whites rule. Um, but at that scene, the objective uh, objectification of the straight line races like of the women there has gotten down to like a science. Like every movie, they're like, no, that skirt is too long. And they're like, it's a belt. <laughs> 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 then take off the belt. I don't care. Just she just show her whole ass. <laughs> um, like at the, at this point in five, like the women aren't shown with faces. They're just shown no. from behind, from the neck down. They're like, it doesn't yeah. matter what their face looks like. Is is her ass hanging out of a skirt? Great. Um, and yeah. I don't know They're whether like Michael Bay movies. 
And like the women characters in this in these films might not pass the Bechdel test or whatever. Um, right. But they they have plots and emotions and, and arcs. So I as much as anybody else, I guess. Yeah. yeah. But then then these movies also have these scenes where they're just like women are objects. Fuck them. Like it's like, uh, aren't aren't we past this? Isn't this more of a Fast and the Furious and Too Fast, Too Furious thing? Can't we can't we stop doing it? But no, it continues. Five, six, seven, eight. They all have these scenes where it's just like ass. <laughs> and that's that's a choice. But I think it's one of those choices that I wish they would stop doing because, again, it's that projecting to a demographic that is not us. There is also there's a scene. I can't remember if it's in the six or it's in eight where they try and incorporate one scene where it's like only like women can do this. And I think that they were trying to like address that they have those kinds of dynamics and it ended up coming across as like like really really contrived yeah it felt like girl power and it by, did feel like I, I mean like spice girls yelling girl power it's like no that's, yeah that's not how any I, of this I, works yeah uh and and fast five is also the movie that uh makes it canon that han's last name is soul o on on the on the readout when they're looking, they don't even care. Yeah, <laughs> well, on the readout when they're looking at all like the associates after like uh, the Rock finds them, it just says Han S E O U L hyphen O H. So he's Han Solo. <laughs> <laughs> like Justin Lin, like we get it. You like this guy. He's not that cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Yeah. I mean. Uh, that movie, I thought, I thought the uh, chase scene with the safe is really cool. I thought a lot of those scenes were really well executed, and this is stuff you're going to hear uh, uh, over and over. Is the car stuff works? It really, it really does work. Car stuff's cool. I just wish some of this movie is probably my favorite out of these four, um, because it is the most like a different movie, you know, like a specific type of movie, which is like a heist movie. Um, And it leans into it and everybody has the role and everybody, you know, whatever. Uh, But yeah, this, uh, I just, some of the, some of the stuff, it just sticks in my craw and just, it's, it's like you articulated earlier in the pod. It's, uh, it's just not willing to give up on that, that stupid core audience that they think they have. I mean, they do. It's a pretty successful franchise. So they figured something out like, you know, I think go fuck myself. I I, think I have never created anything as successful. Yeah. But I I think there's uh, a market where you don't lose. You don't lose your audience. If you just make this a little bit less, dumb pandering yeah Yeah, no i agree i agree i mean i think marvel is a great example of a balance where you can have just like really visceral action sequences and then also like pretty nuanced characters and like a variety of different types of actors and and narrative styles so Yeah. yeah like no there's a there's a way to do it All right, so that takes us uh, to uh, Fast and Furious 6. 
Uh, this is, of course, the first of the two Shaws. This is the one where Letty comes back. Right. Uh, yeah, I got really confused about the Shaws. That's where, like I said, it was like primer, where I'd start like looking at like diagrams and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Too many and then I was like, I also, I also had to look at pictures of Jason Statham, where I was like, that's not... That's not who what he looks like, is oh, it? Yeah. Am I misremembering Jason Statham? <laughs> no, that's, that's, that, I don't know where you remember Jason Statham. I don't know if you saw him in Transporter and then nothing for ten years, <laughs> but yeah, this is this is definitely what Jason Statham looks like. <laughs> so yeah, so that the original Shaw is not Jason Statham. It's a no, different guy. Um, I learned I should be that... able to figure out. And then Letty, somebody watched Captain America: Civil War, and they're like. That's it. That's how we bring her back. <laughs> uh, you were calling him Luke Shaw. It Luke Evans plays Luke Owen Evans. Shaw. Owen Shaw. Yeah, I Luke Evans. I believe he's also in the uh, Hobbit films. Maybe. Oh yeah, what's he doing those? Is he like an elf? Probably. I get like elf vibes from that dude. Let's take a quick jog into his filmography here. Yeah, why oh, not? he was in, he was guest on in Beauty and the Beast, the live action remake. Oh yeah, no, he was. Yeah, he was good at that. I liked him in that. I never saw that. Uh, yes, he was in Hobbit: uh, The Desolation of Smog as Bard. Okay. Um. Yeah, not much else. That is super memorable. At least not before the fast movies. Yeah, so he he's that. That's that's where he's from. He's fine. He's perfectly okay as a bad guy. He's fine. But this movie was a little overwrought for me. Um I mean a movie where you bring back a character from t- who died like two films ago is going to be overwrought because there's no way to not do that. Um, she got brainwashed by Hydra. That was yeah. like literally what they tried to do. She got brainwashed by Hydra. And. Yeah, I mean, she's Winter she got Soldier. brainwashed by Hydra and she's Winter Soldier. They, like, Captain America. We're trying to fuck Winter Soldier. Yeah. And they 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 like assembled their own like Dark Avengers. Yeah, and this movie opens up as a clip show. Yeah. That was It does. That was an That was weird. Interesting man. choice. Um I don't know why it opened up as a clip show, but like we know what just happened to Letty like famously. And then they include stuff that even wasn't about Letty. It's just like, "Hey, if you didn't see the last movie or the last 5 movies, Here's a little reminder for you. It's like, well, guys, anyone who's seen Fast 6 has seen the other movies. No one's jumping into this one and going like, well, I hope they tell me who everyone is at the beginning. I mean, it's like like a Harry, like a Harry Potter where they just sort of like spend the first like 20 minutes doing the like, do-do-do, Voldemort, Hogwarts, Boy Who Lived. Like, yeah, that way. That's, that's why all those hob- fucking Harry Potter books kept getting longer and longer is because she had more shit to recap at the beginning of the books. Totes. Uh, I hated that aspect of those fucking books. Uh, Wouldn't it have been sick if, like, Voldemort and Deathly Hallows Part 2, like... 
Okay, because he thinks that Harry Potter's dead. Sure. Wouldn't it be sick instead of Harry Potter being dead that he like rolls up in like <laughs> a hot rotted uh, a GTO? I don't know a GTO. Yeah, wouldn't that have been tight? <laughs> and then he goes, "I ain't got friends. I got family." <laughs> <laughs> My dom is getting slower and slower. <laughs> it's also kind of like bleeding into a Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> What'd you say? Matt <laughs> <laughs> Demon. So I got to be honest. Uh, this <laughs> six, seven, and eight is where it's going to start to get real blurry as to what fucking happens in these. But, so yeah, okay. Well, so six and seven are like kind of like the same movie. So it sort of ends on a cliffhanger, like it doesn't, because he like walks away from a flaming plane. Dude, oh, that plane God. scene. He walks away from a flaming plane in six. Okay, so six is the one with. The- <laughs> is he okay? Yeah, he just walks away from this plane that crashed. He's fine. They're, and they're like crying. Like no one's going to like go look at the plane. They're like, hey, let's stand in front of our cars and hopes he walks over here. It's like, what if he's like laying on the ground? And you could go save him. Thank God he just gets up and walks over there. He just walks over. Slow walks through like fuel fire. <laughs> the flames start attacking him. He's like, you're not family. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no. So that plane scene is is the most iconic event from that film. And again, this is another film where there's a bunch of really great uh, stunts. And, you know, there's some stuff in London. And then there's this plane scene. And that plane is landing and taking off for 25 minutes. Like, even if you're supposed to assume that this is all happening simultaneously, I think someone did the math and like that runway is 10 miles long. (laughs) Yeah, it was it was like so (sighs) indulgent. Yes, is the word I'm looking for. It was very indulgent. It's like one of those things where like clearly that's a choice by the director. Like no one. Someone went to him and was like, hey, you know, the scene is going to be way too long for it to be plausibly real, right? Like, not at all will anyone think, like, this is a real runway and a real airplane. And it was obviously a choice to just be like, yeah, but this is a Fast and the Furious movie, so fuck it. Um, And that's a fair choice to make. But where what I think would be more enticing to me and you is if it was like, you know, from the the action sequences that Chris Nolan do, when he sets a timer on something or sets yeah. a restriction on it, the movie works within the restriction. Like if he sets a timer on a scene for three minutes, in three minutes, the bomb will go off. Like he's good about stuff like that. Yeah, remember too, uh, Interstellar was so scientifically accurate that it was used as like the basis of multiple scientific papers yeah about the kind of like visual rendering of a black hole that were consistent with how a black hole was actually photographed several years later yeah that was how accurate it's it's incredible stuff that chris nolan is willing to do to make his films internally coherent and these yes, films want is... nothing to do with that. And that's the frustration. That's another frustration that I find where they're just like, if we make enough explosions and punching, no one will care that this plane is 
taking off for 20 minutes. But I care, damn it. I, I mean, that's where I like, still care. When when people ask, you know, like when people look at movies like Sharknado and they're like, why, why aren't people making, you know, like completely ridiculous nonsensical movies like this anymore? And they're kind of like parodies of a particular style of movie. Like these are those movies. Yeah. This was that. Fast and Furious 6 was absolutely like... I mean, it's fine. Like I said, I love dumb movies. Death Race 2000, David Carradine, before he, you know, like, died in the most tragic and horrific way that we've all seen a picture of in a Google search. Uh, <laughs> I, because I don't a Thai police Google officer searches. took a photo of it. Oh, you can. Uh, you can see it. Yeah. Don't did, let me die that way, Tim. Uh, well, just don't do that and always have a spotter. If I if if you ever find I'm me never that way, be your spotter. Hang me over something else and just tell people I killed myself. <laughs> no, just you're just, dead. Just it tie doesn't the matter. belt over like something else, <laughs> and just say like I Epstein myself. Ah, <laughs> uh, he was going down. Uh, it was child pornography. It's like, well, at least you didn't j- j- die jerking off. <laughs> <laughs> um, Bummer, David Carradine d- in Thailand. Yo, so at the end of this film, yes. Letty is fully back. She doesn't have her memory yet, but she's fully no. back in with the crew. And Dom seemingly makes a play with Elena again because they do Elena dirty in this whole film series. But Dom is like, hey, I still love you, too. Not as much as her, but also it's like, Dom, are you you trying to get a thruple in here? Like, you make yeah, a play? Well, it's got a harem. It, I, I don't understand, like, I guess the previous movie set up his relationship with Elena, but, like, if you're going to immediately bring Letty back, wh- why make him have a sexual relationship with Letty? Like, why can't he just be single for a film? Like, he just went through some shit. His wife died. He'd just be cool. But instead, they do Elena dirty. And I didn't know this when we even started this pod, Mike, but this is an Elena Stan pod. And <laughs> the hell, that woman gave her life for Dom and she did. Yeah. And gave him a baby. And he he the, this whole film series did her dirty. And I didn't. Appreciate I mean, that. she was also written poorly. I can't remember what the lines were, but there were a few lines where she was using like <clears throat> like very uh like american idiomatic speech yeah. like the type of thing that you would just sort of like not really attempt in a foreign language you know like when when like you would see uh arnold schwarzenegger doing movies in the 90s and they would give him just like waspy names <laughs> you know <laughs> like that's not his name uh <laughs> like they're doing the same thing with her it's kind of like you gotta write like she's you know kind of like, you gotta write for the actual person yeah. so yeah my name is Colin. It's like your name is not Colin. John John Kimball. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's pretty much all I remember from Fast Six. Do you have anything else, Dad? No, I mean they also ended kind of on a cliffhanger. Like they don't really resolve the Shaw guy. Like they still want revenge on him. Yeah, I mean and... they do the mid credit scene where he kills Han. Yeah, then then he kills Han. Yeah, so that's that's a thing that happens, and then it it kind of leads directly into seven. 
And so, like, Seven was kind of, like, getting revenge and, like, Letty getting her memories back or whatever. And they also get amnesty for their past crimes, which, as you yeah, said. which happens they, a lot. They just get pardon after pardon. All, all the time, yeah. And God, so many pardons have been issued in this Fast Eight, franchise. two of the main characters, in fact, the two main characters from the spinoff, Hobbs and Shaw, end up breaking out of prison and i don't know if that will ever fucking matter again are they gonna be like well they got double amnesty so they got pre-amnesty on that one so the amnesty is it it affects all future crimes as well so they're they're permanently amnestized yeah i mean i thought we might watch hobbs and shaw no (sighs) man i'm so glad i mean i like I like Jason Statham kind of. I like The Rock all the time. Okay. So uh, we'll 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 talk about this more in when we get to 8, but Jason Statham as a bad guy, boring and stupid and I don't care. Jason yeah. Statham as a good guy, I love. The scene yeah. with him with the baby in 8 is amazing. Yeah, he's a fun dude. I mean, I I like I like I think the crank movies are hilarious. The, I've only seen the first one, and it is very funny. Yeah, so I th- I I like him for the most part. I you know what? I don't not like him. I just don't like him when Guy Ritchie is like everyone's gonna have a Cockney accent. Everyone's gonna do a heist, and you're like, all right. Yeah, I like I, him and everything else that isn't a Guy Ritchie movie. I like. Oh, well, I mean, I like Crash or Snatch. Sorry, yeah. but I I like him. When he can have fun with the role, which is what he's allowed to do in eight in seven. He's just a dour, like evil motherfucker. And it just doesn't work for me. Like he's like, you know, uh, what's his name? Whatever. The Rock. <laughs> when he goes back to his office and he's sitting in in the chair, like trying to be menacing. I was like, no one's menacing The Rock. He's a mountain. He's a huge, freakish wall of man flesh. Like he, yeah. Some guy sitting behind a computer copying something to a thumb drive is not intimidating. No. Like who uses thumb drives? Just fucking upload that shit to the cloud, bro. What yeah. are you even doing? <laughs> like, do you have a backup on that thumb drive? I mean, th- this is this is like the 2000s where people just didn't know how to incorporate cell phones into narratives. <laughs> like people it are really still is. using USBs. Yeah, yeah they, everyone has a dongle that they're still using. Wait, like guys, guys, shit's wireless these days. Just stop it. Yeah, I can't remember. Did anybody in any of these movies furiously type for like four seconds and then say I'm in? I think Charlize oh, Theron yeah. might have done that. Oh, maybe Charlize Theron. Definitely ludicrous and definitely... Uh, the girl uh, who you don't know this, but is from Game of Thrones. Okay. The girl from Game of Thrones is, as we switch over to seven, Cypher. Uh, no, Cypher is the one girl's name. God, all of these people are just the worst named people. Like Tej. What the fuck is a Tej? That's not a name. I don't know. <clears throat> Whatever. Um, and then Cara, Cara Dune is in the movie. And I mean, she got canceled because now she's making a. She's making like a conservative science fiction movie with uh, Ben Shapiro. <laughs> yeah, she's... which which we will totally go see. You want to see the hell out of that? You movie. can see it as much as you want. Hard pass. You don't want to see it? No. Oh god, it's gonna care. be terrific. Yeah, Ronda Rousey was in one of these movies, and then uh, what's it? Uh, 
Ronda Rousey was in uh, Seven. Yeah, they were just finding like big, strong women to to throw yeah. in these in these movies. She's meaty. All right, Fury Seven. Uh, so, so this blurry. This Can opens up with <laughs> this, this opens up with Shaw, the new Shaw. Sure, uh, new Shaw, Jason Statham, uh, Brecken Meyer Shaw, or whatever the fuck his name is. Um, Jason Statham, Luke. Yeah, just Jason Wilson. Statham. Okay. It's not. It's not Brecken Meyer. I, I just. I can't remember what his first name is. Bre- Jason Brecker. Bre- no, not Jason. The character you asked. Oh yeah. Okay. It's like Brecker or Brick. Brick. Whatever. I don't give a fuck. Winston. <laughs> Winston Shaw. I believe Gilles. that's. I believe that's one of the peop- One of the brothers from uh, Trading Places. I agree. Yeah. Um, if he's so worried about his brother's health and well-being, he. He probably shouldn't be throwing grenades in the lobby of of the hospital his brother is at. That was not chill. Um, yeah, this that is actually a good theme for his character in this movie. Uh, get some fucking chill, my guy, because you're at eleven, and I need you at about a four. Um, the this whole beginning of this movie is just like a cartoon. And I, I wrote that in my notes, and then I was looking at Rotten Tomatoes for reviews of F9, which are generally positive, so that's good. It's better than the opposite. Um, But one of them was like, seriously, this whole fucking film franchise is just a cartoon now. And I was like, oh, I saw yeah. that two films ago. <laughs> um, So yeah, I, uh, I, I thought this whole... The opening scene where he's just lobbing grenades in a hospital and then he's, you know, picking fights with the rock and throwing grenades like he has a real grenade fetish and it's weird Um, because if if he wants to, like, inflict punishment on people like Charlize Theron does it with, like, manipulation and blackmail and he just throws grenades. Man, I just hate Charlie's Theron's character so much. Yeah, she's real dumb. Why does she have like white girl dreads? Because they wanted you to hate her. And Charlie was that Theron, in seven or was that sure, in eight? She shows was, up in eight, right? That was eight. But was eight. Charlie's Theron is one of the most likable people in all of Hollywood, so they had to make you hate her. So they gave her white girl dreads. Yeah, I mean, she and she had already kind of been in the Italian job. Um, Mr. F. This <laughs> Mr. F. <laughs> <laughs> uh this is also the movie Fast 7 where they bring back Race Wars uh to try yep. to jog Letty's memory. Uh and Remember? they Remember bring Race? back much like they did in Fast 5 they bring back minor characters from the first film which is just like one of the random Mexican American characters and then Letty yeah. punches him in the mouth and they're like, "Hey, remember that guy?" <laughs> and then we just move on to the next scene. <laughs> um, there, there's there's a lot of that in these films. Like, hey, we brought this guy back for 14 seconds. Um, and speaking of, they brought Sean back. Everyone's favorite Sean from Tokyo Drift. Yeah. And uh, as previously stated, he is a thousand years old in this. Yeah, I don't really get what... <sighs> Like I don't really get what the idea was with with seven. Like, why did six and seven have to be two separate movies? I mean, I guess I get it, but I feel like they didn't really. I feel like they really didn't know what to do with like a seven that 
they didn't really know like what to do with like a remembering plot. Yeah. Like it was it was almost just sort of like a clip show. It was just sort of like a retrospective on the series. Yeah, and you know, and like I, the introduction I, of new characters to like kind of develop like additional elements of the franchise. I think Seven probably ended up suffering a little bit from uh, Paul Walker's death because they were in yeah, production that's, that's still. That's true. Um, and it does feel like some of the like you can feel you can a see where he's being CGI'd out, um, and you can b feel where plot points might have been different had they had him to film some stuff. Um, You're right, but yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot about these two movies, the the Shaw series, where it's just like I I don't much care for these and these. These are much lower than, uh, you know, Fast Five's Rotten Tomatoes ratings, and and for good reason is rot the these these two lack the focus that Fast Five had, and also they are over two hours long. This one is like two twenty, and it's yeah, so they damn did not long. Need to be, yeah. They they kind of like established a length with five, and like have I think six was like a little bit under. Two hours, maybe. No. Six was a uh, two ten. Yeah. Okay. And and the yeah, fate was two ten as well. Uh, two hours, an hour fifty is probably the max that you need out of any one of these movies. Yeah. Asking me to sit for another half an hour with one of these is just too much. Yeah. The head-on collision, I did not see coming in between Dom. <laughs> And Jason Statham. Oh, yeah. That felt that. really like I, I, did, I was like, well, where are they going to go? They're not going to just crash into each other. And then they just crashed into each other. And then they just yeah. both got out with like they didn't have immediate CTE. Like, what are we doing here? Like, they have to have brain damage. Like, right. How how do they not have concussions? <clears throat> There's a lot of people that are just kind of fine. Yeah. And then so the big set piece in the last one was the airplane. Right. Yeah. And the big yeah. set piece in this one is the building scene, which is great. Um, the fight scene, not so much. Uh, Tyrese being annoying, which he is in every single one of these movies because he's the worst yeah. fucking character. Um, not great. But as soon as they start driving a car out of a building and into another building. Yeah. And then out of that building into a third building. Fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, do shit like that. <laughs> That's what like I there, want. Nobody needs to have character development in these movies. No. Like, I feel like if you just avoided all of the melodrama, but I mean, I think the point of the melodrama is that it's kind of like wrestling. Yeah, it's like soap operas for really masculine dudes that can't watch soap operas. Well, and I was about to say, then get wrestlers because they know how to do that shit. And that's Carried exactly in. why The Rock is the great. Rock. And guess who's in Fast 9? John Cena. Do, do, oh, yeah? do. <laughs> so maybe maybe we'll get some like proper male melodrama. Um that actually made me hopeful. I'm I'm excited now more than I was. Uh yeah, like give me stuff where like Dom can just lift the supercar with his bare hands so that Brian can slip underneath and just start like hot wiring the car looking for something. 
Like, Dom is just holding that car up for four minutes. It's like, no human being can do that. Oh, that's right. They're all super powered. There's a line. I was like hanging by a thread and there's a line in in Fast Five where I was like, I hate this. And the line was, uh, this has gone from Mission Impossible to to Mission Freaking Insanity. insanity. (laughs) I was like, I hate this. To to be fair, that's Tyrese, and Tyrese sucks. <laughs> Whoever's writing for him, I believe it's Tyrese, because I don't know who would write these lines, but Tyrese sucks in these movies. He sucks. Uh, if Tyrese were Chris Tucker, I would love he. Chris Tucker would be awesome. Chris Tucker movies. would be perfect in these movies. He'd just be flipping out the entire time. It'd be great. <laughs> Just flipping out. Yeah, I uh, I think that's what they're going for is the crazy, like dramatic, mel- melodramatic, like side character. But yeah. Therese is just annoying and I hate him. All he does is bitch and then treat women terribly. And that's yeah. it's not endearing. They don't know how no. to make many endearing characters. And that's why. The last note that I have for Furious 7 and about four of the notes that I have for Fate of the Furious is The Rock is delightful. He's such a breath of fresh air. He's so great in every scene. In every scene that he's in, he's the best character. And when he's not on screen, other characters should be looking around and going, where's The Rock? (laughs) I agree. So finally, that takes us to Fate as we transition um and the rock again my my last note was about the rock and my first note of this film is about the rock the rock is is perfect for these movies he's he remains undefeated in these movies the scene where he's teaching the girls soccer team is completely ridiculous and gonzo in the way that it's performed that he just intimidates a federal employee who is having this like top secret discussion next to a girl's soccer game. Uh, and then like coerces him to root for his daughter. Like it's the dumbest scene and it should not work. But the rock is yeah. so fucking <clears throat> charming. I mean, I think that it only works because we kind of like know about his relationship to his daughter on social media. And I think they were playing off of that. I don't um, know anything about that. So, uh, it played a big part in how he participated in the movie Moana. Oh, okay. He posts like a lot of cute videos being a dad. I it's didn't pretty know awesome. Any of this. Cool. The Rock, dude, I'd be I'm gonna be so bummed if the rock gets canceled. Like it's like Keanu. Like I'm gonna be super bummed. Keanu's not canceled, right? Right? No, he's fine. He's fine. He's I don't fine. think I think when Keanu's not acting, he just sits in a room quietly. Like, I don't think he no, does he uh, records dialogue for Cyberpunk 2077. Well, no, like when he's not working, <laughs> he's either yeah. training with guns to be a more efficient fake killer in movies. Or I just imagine he just sits in a dark room and just like he's like, maybe I'll ride a motorcycle later. And then just quietly sits there for eight hours straight. Um, Dude, they fucking got Helen Mirren in this film. They got Charlize yeah, they got Theron. Helen Mirren. They got Charlize Theron, who is delightful. And then they got <laughs> Helen Mirren. How did they get that? Helen Mirren? 
What she's like down to do weird stuff. After what? she did a documentary now, she got a taste. What got dump taste. truck did they back up to her house and just say, here's the money? Like, how, how much money did they give Helen Mirren to be like, can you do a Cockney accent? And she goes, no. And they're like, well, what if we give you $20 million to do it anyway? She's like, mate, mate. <laughs> Roy, governor. <laughs> At one point, Jason Statham calls the baby Govna, and I'm like, come on. <laughs> yeah. Jason, you're there, better there than many, There are many points. Okay, one of the notes that I took after, because one of the things about this movie is that this entire franchise is that they love to travel to different locations. People yeah. can do stupid things in cars. Have you noticed that the police cars in every single country they've been to sound exactly the same? Also, they're that? always Dodges. Yeah. Yeah, I have I, I, that. <laughs> like they don't all sound the same everywhere. No, they have different sirens. I've I've so, heard them. Yeah. So but what but you can tell a lot of times with with like the foreigners, like these lines have been written for Americans by Americans. Yeah. These are not things these people would say in real life. Roy Govna, oh that's a sticky wicket, ain't it? There's there's some really bad dialogue, but Helen Mirren is just like, I'm told I'm going to be in 15 minutes of this movie. I'm going to chew all of the scenery, and then I'm going to get the fuck out. And like, <laughs> good for her. Like, get your payday. But like, how do you convince Helen Mirren to do this film? I, I guess it's just money. Because she can't be like, oh, I love Fast Five. <laughs> There's no way she's even seen this movie. So as we've kind of been highlighting, the main action set piece of this one is a scene where a submarine chases cars. Because that's the thing that can happen in these movies. And uh, this was the point where I was hitting Fast and the Furious fatigue. Uh where I was just doing other things while this action sequence happened. Um, the only thing that brought me back, like I said earlier, was the Jason Statham playing with the baby scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was amazing. That was probably my favorite part of this movie. But The Rock just kicking a torpedo into another car was... That was cool. Ludicrous. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then when the nuclear sub finally explodes... I'm sorry. It's a nuclear sub. It just exploded. Shouldn't they all be dead? Should be dead <laughs> or dying. Yes. Yeah. Well, like, I don't know how a nuclear sub works. And I don't think that's a fault. I just think nuclear subs are complicated. But if I was writing a movie about nuclear subs, I'm pretty sure I would check out if I blew one up, if all of my protagonists would be dead from radiation poisoning. Or a massive explosion. Because I think one or both of those things would have surely happened. Honestly, I think all they did with these scripts was like spelling and grammar check. All right. Well, I mean, they've... Microsoft Word says we're good. (laughs) They've done so much with uh, reimagining how reality works that cars can now protect you from flames. Even though, I don't know if you know this, but there's large gaps underneath cars and then are you talking about the beginning of fate of the furious no i'm i'm talking about late in fate of the furious when the submarine blows up and dom jumps out of his car and is loose on the ice 
So a bunch of cars pull around him to block him from the flames. Well, so remember, flames too, can go this around is, cars. But this, this, I've seen this it. car fire physics is established in the initial scene when they're in Havana. They're in Havana, right? Yeah. So where apparently he has family. I mean, he has family everywhere. Sure. So, but remember the, in the initial scene, I guess they're on a honeymoon, but it's unclear how long they've been there because he has a car there. Uh, and uh, he's, he's got a car everywhere, Mike. He's driving a car. <laughs> he's street. He's drag racing with his other Cuban dude. And uh, <laughs> the in a car that's on fire and still driving just fine, by the way. And driving Completely as engulfed in flames. On fire, in flames. Backwards. While in reverse, going as fast as the fastest car in all of Cuba. Yes. And and in, in that scene, the worst thing that happens with the flames is it gets, it gets hot enough that the windshield shatters and sprays broken glass into his face. No cuts. He's completely fine. <laughs> and he's now also exposed to the flames and then realizes that, like, he's got to bail out of this car and then dives out of this flaming car onto the pavement and is completely fine. Yeah. Complete, like, not a scratch on him. That's how it works, Mike. And then all of the people. What if who he's eat, a ghost? That's <laughs> that, no, he's a superhero. And then all of the people who he almost just killed by recklessly driving at incredible speeds while in reverse, while on fire, without any brakes, uh, then just celebrate with him as though they weren't almost murdered. Um, yeah, everyone loves Dom. It, he gives off a pheromone that people like can't perceive, but they just immediately become brainwashed by a love for Dominic Toretto. Yeah, everyone's just down. Uh, I have several notes while watching this movie of just like uh, this started as dudes selling DVD players like so stolen DVD players and and, and now it's this and then later it's on it's interesting in the movie, to watch technology develop yeah through these I don't remember series. I don't remember why I wrote this but I then wrote in all caps remember when they were stealing DVD players yeah <laughs> because now it's like about murdering the mother of your child because cyber warfare and nuclear codes and nuclear submarines and it's just like boy we've really spun out of control here <laughs> like again we were talking about this very early on i don't know where they go after space like space is the next logical thing allegedly they go to space in this next one we will find out this weekend but then uh yeah I don't know what you do. I don't know how you keep getting bigger if you've now conquered, you know, all of the Earth and outer space. I have one. I have a really good one. Okay, so check this out. Predictions for Fast and Furious 9. Letty dies on screen, and then Fast and Furious 10, he has to go to hell and race Satan in exchange for her soul. Uh, right? Does Satan have a gold car? Satan has uh, a Pinto. <laughs> Satan has like a really wicked VW bus. He drives like the mystery machine. No, no Satan, <laughs> Satan has a, a Honda Aztec. <laughs> uh, oh, uh, a PT Cruiser. Yes. <laughs> yes. 
Have you noticed that, like, throughout this entire series, no one's had a station wagon? Well, they they don't make a whole lot of them anymore, and most of the cars are fairly new, so. Except for Dom. Dom likes his old school American muscle. Station wagon, classic car. Just saying. Uh, So this movie's... This movie ends with uh, everybody in New York and Dom now having a family yep. and naming his son yep. after Brian, who canonically is not dead. So why is he naming nope. him after Brian? You Brian. weird, obsessed weirdo. Brian. Uh, and then, yeah, I I don't know. There was no cliffhanger for this one. There was no direct nope. tie in. So I don't know where it goes. Charlize Theron is still alive and, un- and loose. So yep. I think she comes back for the next movie. Um, and I do know that John Cena plays Dominic Toretto's brother. <laughs> so, what? This has never come <laughs> up in eight movies. He's, he's like talking about family all the time. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Oh, this is so embarrassing. Yeah, this is my brother. Well, now I can't believe this didn't come up before. Now this is the, the Fast Nine is going to be a family drama, a family <laughs> squabble that also sends cars into space. So where's he been? I don't know, Mike. That's why we have to watch the movie. Oh God! But it's you, that's he never fun came up. Not he once, never as came far up. as I know. Like I'm trying to think of all these times where, like, yeah, he just sort of like wistfully drifts away into like. Remembering his dad and his brother, it never comes up. Nope. So we will find out why this weekend when we go see uh, Fast and the Furious, uh, number nine. So I'm looking forward to that. We've been running real long. So real quick, I just want to go. Have you been watching Loki on the Disney Plus? You know, I miss it this week. So I'm I'm looking forward to uh Hot Loki action this Cracking weekend. through it at some point. Yeah, like, it's going to be tough. We got Fast and Furious this weekend. I've got uh, Mario Mario Golf Super Rush. It's going to be a busy weekend. Busy weekend full of media. Yeah, so uh, I, we, we've we both at least seen the first two episodes. I have seen three, but we don't need to talk about it. Not that a terrible lot happens in it. But Does uh, Owen Wilson say wow? Does he say wow? He has not said wow yet. Oh, my God. He's got to say it once, right? Wow. By the I can't way, let him I not say it. Last night, and I will send this to you later. Last wow. night, I found a clip of every single appearance of Owen Wilson saying, saying the wow. word "wow" in his That's filmography. Yeah, wow. And we're pretty good at doing an Owen Wilson "wow." I know. Yeah, <laughs> we've gotten real good at it. I was like, ah, I'm pretty sure I did that. Wow. <laughs> wow. This must be a preview of the the honeymoon. <laughs> He gets up Ike there too Turner sometimes. Wow. Yeah, when he's like really psyched. Wow. <laughs> wow, that's great. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to uh more episodes of Loki. I think it's been really good so far. Uh and I'm looking forward to our next podcast where we will discuss Fast Nine and then Mike, we can be done with the Fast series. We can. What are we doing after this? I think we should do a ton of Schwarzenegger. I think we should do Commando, because you haven't seen it. I think we should do Kindergarten Cop because it's a classic. We could do Predator, and we could we Predator. Could, we could oh, do yeah. we could do two things. We could do uh, the director of Predator, whose name escapes me. Uh, one uh, of Carl his Weathers. films. Yeah, he's 
no, that, no, that's not the director. Remember, we talked uh, McTiernan. Yes. So yes. that'll be a McTiernan film, and it, it could be it could fit your Schwarzenegger uh, uh, thirst. Do you have a thirst for Schwarzenegger? I do. I I mean, I really like. I want to watch Predator again because that movie's hilarious. But I mean, I would love it if we watched Commando. Commandos. Commando's such a like. He's his his name is John Matrix, <laughs> and he's uh, trying to track down his daughter. I mean, honestly. Like I've been using, I've just been filling in gaps in like Fast and Furious. When I like, I walk away for like ten minutes to do something, and I come back. I just fill in gaps with like Marvel movies or like Commando, where I'm like, oh, like Dom is gone rogue because he's like trying to find his daughter. Sure, Jenny. <laughs> Jenny, <laughs> get the <to> chopper. Um. <laughs> oh, Jenny. Ah. Uh... Yeah, so on my calendar for next week, I have Fast 9 is our podcast. Yep. And then uh, the following week, I actually have something written down. We can, of course, change it. Okay, what do you have? I have Willy Wonka on there. Oh, nice. Original one? Original Willy Wonka on my schedule. We can change it. Uh, No, I'm, I'm down. All right, so uh, yeah, that week we can do Willy Wonka. Maybe after that we'll do uh, a little hot McTiernan action. I want to do a McTiernan film a month. Man, you know a hot like a hot McTiernan. That sounds like something that we're gonna have to put on Urban Dictionary. We, <laughs> it might already be. <laughs> uh, the man has a reputation. He went to jail. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, no, uh, if it's not, it definitely needs to be a drink that we make. Yeah, for our McTiernan uh, yeah. films, or like a really disgusting sandwich, could be uh, yeah. <laughs> hot McTiernan. Yeah. It's a peanut butter and jelly sandwich that's been left outside for three days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, see that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we've we've got uh, the next couple weeks still uh, dealing with the remnants of the Fast and the Furious series, but once uh, we watch the film this weekend, that pod might drop a little early, but that will still be next week's pod. Um, and then, yeah, uh, looking forward to a July that features maybe some Willy Wonka, maybe a little McTiernan, and maybe a little Schwarzenegger. I'm so pumped. All right, Mike. Well, I want to thank you, as always, for joining me for the podcast. Uh, for those of you who are listening along, you can always head over to subjectspodcast.com, reach out to us on there, or to find links to all of our socials, including Patreon, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube. And of course, feel free to rate, review, and subscribe. And lastly, you can find Mike and his Instagram and Twitter at the Name Taken Podcast. Mike, I want to thank you for joining me. Cheers, Tim. Until next time.